Hey, baby. Hey. Naomi and Andy here with yep. a quick cue slash request. Yes. So, okay, Acast is doing these audience surveys, okay? We put the link in the show notes. The link is going to be in the link tree on our on Instagram and everything like that. Here's the thing, Naomi. Yeah. You know, we're already pretty choosy about the ads right. that we allow on the show. No weapons manufacturers. Raytheon, get out of here. Yeah. Screw off, Raytheon. But we want to make sure that the ads are kind of tailored to y'all. Right. Okay? Right? Say you want to hear ads for a different world DVD box sets. We need to know that. We, we need can to go out that. to them. We can get the word <laughs> out. But we only can get the word out if you give us the word. So you got to fill out the survey. It is quick, quick, quick. And it just lets us know if the ads you're hearing are the right ads for you. Yeah. So get on over to the show notes where that link is or the Couples Therapy link tree and fill out that quick survey so we can pass the word on to ACAST. All right. Roll it. Open your hearts. Loosen your butts. It's time for a very special couples therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's, where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies, talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling, to messy situationships and conscious and coupling, from Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu, text sex, regrets, so feeling on your new jubu. They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah, you are invited, ah, needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it. It's Hey, y'all. Now we got a special bonus episode of Couples Therapy presented by Nordstrom and Acast Creative. We're getting you in the holiday spirit by giving an extra episode this week with plenty of time to get your gift list together. Now, I hope you're listening to this as you prepare for a food-filled Thanksgiving, which you know is my favorite holiday because it's pure. It's simple. It's about gathering and eating. Bless. And you know who else is pure, elegant, and probably loves turkey stuffing? Our guest, the wonderful Danny Pellegrino, who hosts the podcast Everything Iconic and has a brand new book out called The Jolliest Bunch, Unhinged Holiday Stories. Roll it! Wait, right off the bat, though, what is your favorite procedural show? Like, are you a law and order person? I know I'm getting us off track right as we're going here. But. <laughs> no, no, no. And I love that. Um, I, I definitely came up as a child on law and order, but it's criminal minds that really holds my heart. Right. Right. OK. OK. Do, do you want to satisfy your curiosity? I just I feel like I've always just missed the law and order train. So I don't know. It just came up in my head when you were saying that. But I just always feel like almost insignificant because I've just never fully watched an episode of Law and Order. Of course, I know that. Oh. You know, I yeah. know that. And culturally, I understand the players a little bit. But like, <laughs> I just never really watch it. But I suppose Grey's Anatomy sort of falls in that thing. I, I still watch Grey's Anatomy 100 years later. Yeah, that's a medical procedural. You're uh, a whole different genre, buddy. <laughs> sure. I know. I'm but all in, over the place. But in terms of a long running cultural touchstone, yes. Like yeah. Grey's has been, what is it, season 18, 19? So it's like really... Yeah. It's really getting there. But, Danny, we're not here to talk about procedural. We're here to talk about the longest running <laughs> Western bonanza. I believe it, it ran <laughs> a full episode about bonanza. 80 I'm seasons. <laughs> I'm I thought ready. you were going to say the longest, the longest running American procedural, the holidays. Um, <laughs> the holidays are a long running procedural. Do you ever see Miracle on 34th Street? That's sort of a procedural movie. Like the whole thing, the whole has. End movie is uh, in the courtroom. Wait, oh yeah, you're about right. Wait, that's about legislating that Santa exists or something. Yeah, and actually, so there's two <laughs> miracle of on 34th Streets. I hate that I know this. <laughs> the remake of Miracle on 34th Street, the one with Mara Wilson and uh, Dylan McDermott and Elizabeth Perkins. First of all, I have to say the light Perkins, the lighting in that movie is phenomenal. Like they're so well I'm lit, and, like you. they're I'm like obsessed. glowing. <laughs> your encyclopedic knowledge full top billing listed Naomi I, I know even I felt bad because I mispronounced Elizabeth Perkins and she's <laughs> just the best um but no there the lighting on that movie I think is like one of the all-time great lighting situations on film and I just need to get that out there somewhere publicly but in in the remake <laughs> like that whole climactic courtroom scene that's like the only change I think from the beginning and they argue that somewhere on the dollar bill or on the $20 bill, it says, in God we trust. And so they argue, like, if it says that on the money, I don't know. I'm getting us off track here. But there is, it's, a, it's a procedural. <laughs> I, I, I want to know this because if it says something on money, that means it's 
true? Is that what the is that what their the legal yeah. argument is? I wasn't quite prepared to get into this, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know exactly. But there is some sort of I, I'm gonna as soon as we're done here, I'm gonna watch both of them back to back, and I'll yeah. have to let you know. But there, there that's the shift is the courtroom the way they argue Sienna's real. The only thing that's different between the original and the remake is like that little nugget. Okay. Do you think we could use that as an argument? So like the right wing is gaining dominance. We can go like, look what it says on the Statue of Liberty. That's, we have to do that. We have to do that. Yeah. We have to do it. We have to be nice. I'd go one step further and just say, Andrew, that we could say, <laughs> in, instead of that, just say, go watch Miracle on 34th Street, the reboot. And that's the argument. That's just go watch it. And you don't even have to say anything else. Just say, you watch that and get back to me. And then those people, you, whatever the argument is, you'll win it because they'll go and watch it and they'll say, oh yeah, that's a great movie. Dylan McDermott looked amazing in those sweaters and it was so well lit. And then you'll win the argument. By the way, do you like that? I could not even think about one line from the Statue of Liberty. Huddled masses. That's about, that's about all my brain could think. I'm like, me uh, too. Nice. I um, can remember the plot of a remake of Miracle <laughs> But like, I do not know that kind of information. But like, okay, let's talk about this. So you like really coming immediately in depth with a plot of Miracle on 34th Street to me is very indicative of the Danny Pellegrino brand, Um, which is certainly, you know, pop culture connoisseur. But then also, I mean, you love Christmas. You love a holiday time. You love an event. You have written a book, honey. I mean, I did. you love yeah. it so much you wrote the book on it, as they say, The Jolliest Bunch, which, y'all, it has some stories. I was out here gasping. I was screaming. There was, oh I heard her from the other room. I ran <laughs> in, and I was like, "Who? what's going and on? I what's said, happening? And I said, it's Jessica Simpson body lotion. I can't get uh, into it. <laughs> thank you, Naomi. Oh, my God. And you knew I think you're the funniest person ever, so that really means the world to me. I just... Uh-huh. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I want it to be a book, a collection of holiday stories, but I kind of think of it like if you hate the holidays, hopefully you'll laugh at the holidays and get something to enjoy. And if you really love the holidays, hopefully you'll cozy up and read it under some twinkle lights and enjoy it that way. So I kind of feel like it's for both people, hopefully. At least that's how I'm trying to sell it. It's like anyone who. Yes. I know. Well, that was everyone buy it. (laughs) I thought that was funny though in the intro where you're like, it's okay. It's okay. I'm not trying to change you. But come on a yeah. journey. But well, cause I, yeah. No, go ahead. Tell it. I just think the holidays, it's a, it's a tough time. I think people can feel very lonely. You're sort of faced with people sometimes you don't like at work holiday parties or family functions. And so I get it. Like the holidays aren't great all the time. There's some holidays that really suck and are shitty. Or some people just hate it because it, it's hard. It makes you feel... I don't know. There's so many different emotions. So I I didn't want to avoid any of the sort of like the negative stuff when it comes to the holidays, but I really just wanted it to be a book where people can laugh and, you know, again, whether they, if they hate the holidays, hopefully they're at least like laughing at along with this book and it's making them feel good about it. Or they're able to sit alone at home and read it and ignore all those functions they don't want to go to and enjoy (laughs) the book, you know? So yeah. Danny, by the way, I'm not being rude. If you notice that my eyes are not on you, I'm looking up who did the lighting. (laughs) On Miracle on 34th Street. Did you find it remake. out? Well, Andrew, tell me. Let's, let's put it this way. IMDb does not make it easy for you. I don't know what... Now, this is my ignorance. And maybe it's because, again, hey, we just won the WGA strike. I'll say that. I've never been... I've never really been on set for production. So I don't know. What's the actual title for someone who does the lighting? Is that gaffer? Lighting designer. I don't know. IMDb, I don't know. You're not making this easy. IMDb, you're not. Wait. You're not respecting uh, IATSE. You're not ex- respecting crews. No, okay, we no. Need they need details. to figure it out. They reform, do. reform Re- now. <laughs> I reform. Have you seen how some of the actors nowadays? I don't want to name names, but sometimes you might be able to turn on something, maybe like a Grace and Frankie on Netflix, and mm-hmm. you could tell that certain people are maybe shot differently. Like they have a different camera lens filter on and it's happening more and more where I'm noticing it, where it's just one particular actor will have like a different filter on the screen. Yeah. And I feel like that movie has the filter for everybody. Like it's just, they have Vaseline on the lens mm-hmm. uh-huh. and everybody's glowing and it's the best lighting. And if I, 
had any sort of power to make a movie, I'd say, get me the Miracle on 34th Street lighting team <laughs> because no one looks bad. You can't see a single pore, nothing. Yep. It's just like everybody's kind of glowing like Jane Fonda and Grace and Frankie. And that's the way people should be shot. I don't like Absolutely. all the, all this HD shit where it's like you could see I everything. Know. It's not helping anybody. HD's not no. helping anybody. No. Can we talk about suburban Ohio life and like the Christmas obsession? And sort of where... Yes, the Rust Belt, where the only good time of year for anyone is the holidays. Because You're saying that, but you the don't rest know. Of the, the rest of the year, it's all toil. It's all- <laughs> Andrew, where are you from? Where do you- Pennsylvania. I'm from Rust Belt. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Naomi, wait, where are you New from? York. New, New York. York. Okay. Yeah, yeah, she's from a snooty East Coast <laughs> elite. <dare> you. <laughs> but I was... Because it's funny, because like when I, when I kind of hear stories of your family... For me, as a city kid growing up in Harlem, it seems idyllic to me. Like, it's giving oh. the cutest. It's giving the TV shows we used to watch. You know what I mean? Like, as kids where I'm like, I bet his high school had a quad. You know, like that kind of uh, stuff. Yeah, that's, 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 that's California. We, see, I'm just thinking cold. of anything suburban. In the Rust Belt, Naomi. <laughs> in the Rust Belt. I love that I you cannot, keep saying that. I the working person's part of the country. Nope. Now, I know you don't get this, Naomi. You went to a, a shishi wow, private school. Wow, thank you so much. You lived that gossip girl life. The gossip girl Well, me girl and Danny <laughs> are in the... Yeah, we the, were in tough areas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was, we're in str- the coal mines, Struggling right? for survival. Northeast Ohio. Yeah, I... <laughs> I don't know. I love, I love, I miss seasons. I'm in Los Angeles now and I sort of miss that area too because of the seasons. I miss the leaves and the snow and all of that kind of stuff. But I don't know. I always love the holidays because of the twinkle lights and the music. And I think there was something magical about all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't like the traditions. I keep saying this lately, but I, I think it's really important to kind of like let go of those traditions that don't serve you and and not feel so tied down. If you go to a specific holiday party every year that you don't really like, but you go just because you feel like you have to go. I say like, get rid of that shit. But I like the, the stuff that I like and the traditions that I like and kind of hold dear. Those are the ones that I think started when I was young. And, and yeah, I kind of think of my family as like a appropriate chaos, like a lot of chaos, <laughs> but it was like, you know, I had a very nice chat. I like my family and of course I had issues and stuff, but for the most part, I feel like I had a great uh, two protective older brothers and, my parents um, were trying to like kind of make things nice. The thing that I'm reminded of is like Christmas Vacation. Did you see that movie? Mm-hmm. I wanted the book to feel like the Griswolds or kind of feel like that uh, because I think there's a lot of crazy stuff that happens, but then there's also a lot of love around. And I love the idea of like trying to make, whenever you try to make something perfect, try to make the holidays perfect, uh, birthday party perfect, whatever it inevitably isn't perfect, but then you look back on it fondly. So I don't know. Did I answer the question? I Wait, I, I haven't read the book. Is there like one page of nudity? Like, <laughs> there, in, no, <laughs> like in every, like one of those <laughs> national <laughs> lampoon Chevy right, Chase movies, there's always like, he's tempted. Like he has his, his wife is Beverly D'Angelo, but then he's tempted by a temp Christy Brinkley. Shows, exactly. Yeah. Who, yes. And then, and, but he always goes back to his wife. Right. His perfectly yeah. gorgeous wife. <laughs> I know. Beverly D'Angelo, who's stunning. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, uh, and I think th- I, I tend to be a little vulgar. So there's a lot of language in there. And, and then there is, there is one chapter. So most of the chapters are all different stories kind of based on parts of my life. But there is one chapter where I tell the fictional tale about Mrs. Claus and she takes the sleigh and goes out with her her girlfriend and her gay friend and they go to Vegas and they do some drugs and get in some mischief with some strippers. And so I wanted, uh, so there is like a, a harder, like you were saying, a Christy Brinkley <laughs> moment, I suppose, but where it's like a little more, uh, a little bit heavier, a little bit darker, but I, I don't know for that chapter in particular, I kept thinking about how all of these stories, all these movies and TV shows, there's so much stuff about Santa Claus and Santa always gets to have the fun, and then oh, Mrs. No. Claus is just like staying at home. And I'm like, uh, no, we need Mrs. Claus time. to have some Mrs. fun. Mrs. Claus being centered in the narrative is a big part of the couple's therapy Christmas universe. Um, <laughs> yes. we could we could get into that very we, deeply. We did off a mic. full episode Please. last yeah. year about a a Mormon woman who sings a song about Mrs. Claus called Mrs. Claus, which is very obviously a stand-in for her. 
in the, the wife in the family, the wife in the family in a religion where she, where the the husband is the dominant force and it's, she feels lesser than. But then she's explaining why really she's the backbone. Yes, why truly okay. Mrs. Claus okay. is the backbone. And, and so a, like we did a very deep dive on the text. It's you know. the most it's the most easily Freudian like very like it's you could just read it like a text like it's so oh easy. You're like oh my god, your it's neuroses good. are. I right have to find there this. No, yeah, I was like, we'll it's send it great. to you and okay. you will enjoy it. So trust so the idea of Mrs. Claus coming front and center, I said, yes, more of this, please, part of the culture. Yes. But one of the things that I feel like about holidays, um, there's a pressure that comes from comes with them. Like, because I think what you're saying, right, where you're like, yeah, you got to, you know, let go of the stuff you don't like. But that pressure to be perfect, that pressure to have things look a certain way. Um, I grew up as an only child, so it wasn't the same chaos, but my mom is like a put together. She said, let's go to home goods. Let's get the seasonal items. So I was definitely getting flashes of that, you know, reading about Linda, Linda Pellegrino like that, but that sense of like, I want it to look nice and I mm -hmm. want it to be a certain way. Well, and for the bake, listener, what, bake I all the stuff. Like, why don't you explain it? I want it to look nice. I want it to be a certain way. Oh, I have that's a vision, it. That's, I have a vision that's for this holiday. And Linda's your mom? Yeah, Linda's my mom. She, yeah, I always, uh, one of the stories I tell in the book is about Christmas Eve. It's like every year she invites her side of the family over and she hates it. And it's she's literally turns into a demon five, like the whole day before they show up. And then all of a sudden, right when they show up, she's got the smile on her face and everything's perfect. But five minutes earlier, she had a breakdown and got in the car and said she was going to the corner and threatened to, you know, leave the house and live on the corner. And so it's like that's kind of the vibe of like, you know, trying your best to outwardly look like everything's great and perfect. And then it never really doesn't. And I tend to like all the kind of the crazier things. And I feel like that's always more relatable is like the crazier stuff. But yeah. Is that your mom in general? Like, is she like, everything <laughs> yeah. has to be perfect. Like, like, I don't know, whatever, you know, she's making cupcakes for the, uh, to sell at the bake sale. For the yeah. She wants game. the, <laughs> and, and, it, but like, but you know, the icing isn't perfect. And so she has a meltdown. Like, yeah. Yeah. The, it's a, it's very like Italian Catholic, like sweep everything under the rug and every wants everyone to think, Oh, we're perfect family. Even I'm a gay man and coming out. It's like, she didn't even, this sounds terrible, but she didn't even care so much about me being gay or whatever. She was so concerned with like, how does it look on the outside? You know, it's that kind of how are other people going to look at it? like taking even out how she feels about it. It's like, Oh, before even she decides how she feels, it's how does everyone else look at this? And so mm -hmm. that's kind of with the holidays or anything in general, that's how my mom is. But inevitably it's like, she tries to make everything look perfect, but everybody could see that she's crazy and I love her dearly, but it's like everybody can see it. And so it just like uh -huh. makes her look crazier instead of just like being, I don't know, out loud and open about it. Or even it can go even to the smallest thing with swearing. It's like she's, everybody swears. Right. But she doesn't want anyone to know she swears. It's like even those little minute uh -huh. things. It's like, why is it a problem if somebody knows you say the word shit sometimes or whatever the word is, yeah. but in her brain, it's like, well, I gotta be all put together and prim and proper. And then my dad, oddly enough, is like the opposite where he is just has no filter, does not care what anyone thinks of him. Like, and it, it, they're the weirdest couple because it's like, she worries so much about what everyone thinks. And then he's out there, just everybody's looking at him side-eyed because he's crazy. <laughs> and so but they, is she that's how they walk around. side-eyed too? Or is she fine? Yeah, like she's when he kicking does him under she... the table. Okay. Okay. She's kicking yeah. him under the table. Oh, I don't know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you do that? Do you guys do that? The kicking um, under the table? I, it's not a kick. What I do, I'll I'll grab the upper thigh right above the knee. Okay. That's so so it's a specific spot. It's yes. You know, it's I'm not trying to, because I'm, I'm not trying to be central. You got to make it clear <laughs> that this is like right here. No one else can see it. My hand is hanging naturally, but it is me going, please, please right. pivot. Please yeah. pivot. <laughs> Does your yeah. mom have to approve your grinder profile pics? <laughs> Well, I, oddly enough, I've been with my boyfriend. And I've been together almost like 14 years. So we, it was like we got together right before oh the grinder yeah, stuff. So yeah. I, I but probably. Yeah. I mean, if that if I was, that <laughs> would be hardly be the case. Um, well, well, like yeah. what is it's funny because, OK, knowing this right, knowing you kind of grew up in that household, it is interesting that you really have made a career out of the embarrassing parts of things. And so how, what has been the response to from her to you putting it out there. Well, so I, my first book came out early last year and there were a lot of stories about me, but then uh, the family stories I felt like were the ones where people kind of 
uh, latched onto about my parents or my siblings or growing up in, in the Midwest. And I was so worried about my mom getting the book. And at first I don't think she liked that. I talked about the family because even with other stories about me or other friends or something, I changed the names and it's pretty easy to kind of mix it up so that people don't know exactly who you're talking about with, but with parents, I couldn't really change the names. Those stories are sort of set in stone. So everyone knows if I'm talking about mom, it's about her. Um, So she was, I don't think she liked it at first until her friends read the book again, going back to that thing. And then her friends were like, Oh my God, that, that was so funny. Or we liked Danny's book or whatever. And so then with this one, which is more kind of family heavy, I'd say, uh, she has embraced it since she, the beginning, because in her mind now she's a star, I think. And her uh-huh. friends think it's, uh-huh. do you see what I mean? Yep. Uh-huh. yep, 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 yep. The first yeah. book made her a star. And so yeah. now she's like, okay, I'm a star. This is just part of what comes with the territory now. Yeah. So it's better. And yeah. she's pushing you now. She's like, hey, you forgot this story. What about yeah. this one? Oh, yeah. They're all calling me. My brothers are calling me. And the other funny thing is like certain stories that might seem outlandish. I always see say thing. Uh, truth is stranger than fiction is common saying, of course. But um, she some of those stories that I might seem outlandish. I have my parents or my brothers calling me and being like, but you didn't even include this part of the story that happened or or they'll remind me of even crazier things. And so. Yeah, I think uh, uh, the stories, there's always crazy stuff, but um, even some of the more outlandish stuff, I think I'm realizing I might have even made them sound better. You do, exactly, tamer than it was. was. What what was the internal struggle for you? Because I know that we we talk about our families, but we have a boundary where we're like, all right, this is what we'll talk about, but nothing beyond that. And there's a lot that's on the other side of the stuff that we will talk about. And I think both of our comedies would probably be better if we felt more comfortable doing that stuff, oh, but we yeah, don't want to yeah, hurt yeah. them. Wait, can you both tell me an example that well, like your family example, would probably get mad about? Well, oh, a- well we can't. No, we can't. <laughs> we can't. But we can tell you like what we do talk about. Well, I think, for instance, I think, okay, for me, especially, you know, with the stand-up, right? There are things I want to talk about. But some of it will be really me telling someone else's business, right? Like, for instance, I believe behavior perpetrated against me is a result of some other shit that you had gone through. But can I talk about that other stuff you went through? You see what right. I'm saying? Because now I'm right. telling your business. As I feel like if I keep it me-centered, I can maybe get away with it. Mm, and even then, it's Well, exactly. Like it's like depending on what it is. 10%. But it's like if I want to try to go to the archives and be like, see, no, what happened was... What your mother did is why you be doing it. You know what I mean? But then i that's when I get worried. Yeah, I, I get that. I try to keep it centered on me, too. Like, I don't want to tell somebody else's story. And with anyone else aside from my immediate family, and even within that, my oldest brother, like, he's shy and hates any sort of attention. So it's like he's not really mentioned much. And um, so it's really just my parents. And with them, I try to keep it focused on uh no, I know their limits and I know what they might be uncomfortable with. And I try to keep the story centered on me. And, and also ultimately like they're just silly stories. So they're not, they're just trying to make people laugh. And I, I am respectful of like, and I think it's like this with stand up too, but with, with the writing of the books, it's like, it goes through so many different phases and editing that by the end of it, you have read it so many times that you're able to know they would have a problem with that or not with that. And mm. so luckily I haven't run into an issue where it's like they've had any sort of problems just because I know that what their boundaries are, but I'm sure one day I, I'm sure there are times, but it is what it is. Yeah. Did you <laughs> struggle artists. at all? Did you struggle or was it just like, no, I know I'm going to tell these stories and I get it at the end of the day, it'll be fine. I think for the first book, I was a little more on edge than I was for this one and trying to figure out maybe where those lines are. But a lot of the times with the stories, they're like taking a little nugget of something and it's a very, um, one of the stories in the first book is about going to the dry cleaner and I had just come from the dentist, I lose a tooth. And so it's like a kind of chaotic story, but it's really just about going to the dry cleaner. It's like a small life moment mm-hmm. and something crazy circumstances happen around it. And so I try to just focus on that and make sure they're silly and and represent everyone well. But I, I think I maybe struggled a little more for the first one. But um, this one, I, I kind of felt like I knew they'd be okay with whatever I was talking about. And maybe they won't be. My parents are okay with it. Maybe my brothers <laughs> haven't read it yet. But, um, and my dad too. Like the first one, there were certain stories I thought, oh, my dad is, he's got a very foul mouth and a really short fuse and a bad temper. And I was like, I hope he doesn't read this. And I maybe 
comes across too harsh, but he like loved that. Like he thought <laughs> the parts of the book where he's swearing and losing his temper and everything he thought was like so funny. <laughs> so, so it's like, I don't know. I, I try not to overanalyze it too much. And, um, but I'm just trying to tell like really silly stories and there's some drama and some heartfelt moments throughout the books too. But yeah. for the most part, it's like, I just want everyone to just have some giggles and stuff. So it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't Do know, you I'm guys feel like you sort of know the lines now with your parents, right? Like, no, 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 no. no. Yeah. I don't. My it's, mom, my mom does not. She's like, don't put this in your comedy. Like, she, it's like, <laughs> but you, you telling me that because you know you're doing something crazy. You know. know what I mean? Like, you wouldn't be saying that over like we're just in the store and you said, don't put this in your comedy. You've yeah. done something that you know is fodder. <laughs> well, and it's all fodder. Yeah. All the the whole the whole relationship is fodder, <laughs> and we have made our peace with that. You and I and, and Danny, I assume you have made our peace with like, well, this is what we wanted to do with our lives. Yeah. So it's going to be, by the way, I can't find the lighting department, but um, <laughs> I the love helicopter that you're still pilot, looking. helicopter pilot from Miracle at 34th Street, Al Cerullo. Al oh. Cerullo was the helicopter pilot. So apparently um, fun, they had the money for a helicopter. Fun fact too, Alice and Janney has a very quick little cameo in that movie, Alice in the reboot. Janney? From well, yeah, she's got like a from one, TV's mom. one scene. Yeah. <laughs> from from TV's, from I mean, TV's not mom. that's the last so long time. But. we've made our peace, but I, our parents didn't ask for this, yeah. even though yeah. they are... They why created we, the monsters. They are they why we do these this. monsters. Well, they, they shouldn't have had... The, yeah, they shouldn't have created creative kids. It is what it yeah. is. Yeah. I don't... Yeah. I don't know. Deal with that. I got to deal with shit I don't like all the time. <laughs> There's plenty of things I don't like in life. <laughs> Guess what? It is part of life. Yeah. <laughs> um, slight pivot, but like you, you know, you said you've been with your boyfriend fourteen years. Um, it's kind of. I was of- not to interrupt you, but I was. I'm so sorry to interrupt, but I was more cautious about him more so than my parents because. Okay. You know, I didn't want to. I don't know. I I hold that. <laughs> this sounds awful, but I hold that relationship so much more dear. <laughs> No, we, that's an everyday. Yeah. That's an no, everyday relationship it. under one roof. Like yeah. that's a different, uh, yep. right? You know, yep. my pa- family's in Ohio. Like I can, if I, if they all decide to disown me, then so be it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I live far away, but yeah. with under one roof, it's like that's. So anyway, sorry to interrupt. No, but no, no, him, no. Tell- I was more. No, I understand that. And it's just funny because, you know, of course, I've used this man as fodder from day one. And so I, like, I knew what I was getting into. Exactly. But I'm like, That's but true. I understand when you. But it's, again, too, and I think also it's different because he's Andy's in the world of comedy. In the so world. Like, right. So it's like it was a little better. But that's even like the whole idea of calling him Jubu to start was because. Early on, before I knew he was going to be a staple, I said, let's give him a nickname. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to put out his full government name to strangers at the comedy club. Right. Yeah. A nickname or, or change the name or whatever you got to do. Don't you find, though, with uh, stand up, I always am gravitating towards when people are telling family stories. I think like Margaret Cho, mm-hmm. her stories about her mother or or Kathy Griffin, her stories about her mom, Maggie. Like, those oh. are my always my favorite. And I it's probably because it's just so relatable you know, thinking about your own parents, but I don't know. That's what I always gravitate towards with comedy is like when people are telling those family stories. And, and if you know, like when I see Margaret Cho, like I need to hear whatever she's going to say about her mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. But that wasn't my question. My question was after 14 (laughs) years, because there's one thing, there's one thing, you know, you, that you mentioned that I, um, that I held in my head in the book where you were like, you know, my boyfriend's an amazing gift giver. And mm-hmm. I think this is one of my other holiday stressors. I'm not an amazing gift giver. No. Like I truly like don't know. Like there are people I love dearly. I've known you. And I'm like, I don't know your favorite color. I don't know. Like, Then what, you get what, a candle, what, Naomi. You get a candle. Actually, candle and blanket. Well, actually, I want to hear your answer. But then we have a, a thing we can do here. I have a question from yeah. one of our listeners. But. I want to hear the answer to this. Because you say he's a good giver. Are you also, like, is this really kind of your love language? No, I'm not as good at, like, getting, a, like, the personalized gift. But I am good at giving gifts because I'd say I give people those general things that everyone likes and can use. I, I'm not someone who needs to get something super specific for someone. Like, I will get you a really nice candle that you'll probably use and like. It might not be something that you open and you think, oh, I'm so deeply connected to this item, Mm -hmm. but I promise it won't be something that you'll just throw away. Like I'm good at least of giving people, I'd rather give somebody a gift card that I know they'll use or like I said, a blanket or a a cozy sweater or something that's 
I'm not going to like look for a very specific sweater that only one person would like. I'm going to get you the cozy thing that everyone is going to love. You could put on while you're watching TV at night, the barefoot dreams from Nordstrom. That's what it's perfect. I think for Mm, anybody. So, so I'd say I am a good gift giver, just not very personalized. I'm not good at getting a very specific thing for someone, uh, but I'll, I won't give you something and you'll throw away. And some yeah. people, don't you find that there's a lot of people who give those gifts and you're like, why the fuck did you give me this? Well, this is my thing. Because I because I always say, you know, they say it's the thought that counts, but then the question becomes, what were you thinking? Because yeah. you can't yeah. be giving these gifts that <laughs> wow. are just like, savage. like where it's like, you just felt you had to get something and then you just like grab something by the checkout counter. It's like, uh-huh. I don't need, I don't need, I'll you know. take Skittles. If you're going to give me <laughs> if the gift Skittles, of Skittles, yeah. I will 100% take that. That's yeah. me. I just, I'm like, I don't need, a, I don't need the, like, yeah, I, I want it. I think what you're saying is right though, Danny, these kind of gifts where you're like, It'll be comfortable. You'll like it. It's useful. But it's not like, remember that time we were walking mm-hmm. uh, seven months ago and you mentioned <laughs> you like this thing? But it's I like, do that for you. Hey, well, why don't thing. we play this voicemail? Because we have a question that's kind of on theme. All right. Okay. Ready? Okay. Hi, Andy and Naomi and esteemed guest. First of all, I'm so excited. I love you guys. Um, uh, oh, also, I use Satan pronouns. So my question isn't really advice, but it's more of a sort of pondering um, (laughs) inquiry of uh, what is a holiday gift that maybe as a kid would be seen as very tacky, maybe, you know, maybe gift cards uh, would be seen as tacky when you were like a kid growing up and your mom was like, you know, don't just give them a gift card. But now as an adult, you feel like, oh my God, if you got me a gift card, this is, this is amazing. Um, I guess, yeah, I guess I'm just really curious about what those, what those, our, our relationship to different gifts and objects, but also I think, you know, our evolving, um, questions around like money and sentimentality are, um, yeah, okay. Thanks. I love you guys so much. Bye. Oh my god, I love oh, them. Thank you. I love them. Thank you so much for this. But yes, the evolving, the what, what we think about gifts and sentimentality. Like I, for example, yeah. socks. Right when you were a kid, you were just like, "Why are you giving me socks?" But as an adult, I'm just like, "If they're cool looking." Okay, the, one yeah. of the greatest gifts I've ever received were cashmere slipper socks. When I, Slip, I was you. just gonna say slipper socks. Yeah, they're the greatest thing <laughs> I've ever I've ever received. Yeah. I've had them for many many years. I think yeah. that they're a perfect, perfect gift. But as a kid, I was like, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, and vice versa. I remember I giving or getting as a kid McDonald's gift cards. And I would still want those. Maybe that's not a good answer. But I, <laughs> you know those like booklets, those McDonald booklets? Yeah. I don't even know if they still do those booklets. But I remember getting the booklets. And I loved it as a kid. And it might be looked at as tacky. But now I think as an adult, it's like I would still love those McDonald's stacker things. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Things change. What's the opposite? (laughs) What's something that you got as a kid that if someone gave you as an adult, you'd be like, why are you doing this? What's wrong with you? Something you loved as a kid, you mean? Like something where you were like, yes, this is it. Like if someone gave me a transformer, I would be like, I'm an adult. (laughs) See, I would be the opposite. I would be the opposite. I'm looking around my thing. I have toys. You can't see them, but I have toys all around this office. I have, I'm staring at a JC Shazay NSYNC doll. I have a Beanie Baby. I have a Darkwing Duck plush. I have a Troll doll, a Power Ranger Ninja Turtle. Like I still have, my office is loaded with all those toys that a lot of which I wanted as a child, but didn't get. So it's like, I've sort of given it as myself as an adult from eBay. So I, I don't know if I have an answer to that because I still look at, I have this tray of Goosebumps books that I, this oh box of Goosebumps books that I got. So uh, I'm not a good answer because I tend to like all those nostalgia, kitschy pop culture things as a kid. And I find it so, this is too dramatic of me, but so like healing, healing your inner child to buy those things for yourself or to get them as a gift. And so yeah. uh, I think everyone should do that self-care. If there's one item, if anyone out there is listening and thinking like, I really wanted this game, this board game as a kid, and I never got it. Like, I think you should hop onto eBay. If you have the funds, I know it's, um, some people might not be able to, but if you have the funds, hop onto eBay and get that, that crossfire game or that whatever, uh, don't wake daddy. Remember that game, (laughs) (laughs) whatever it was, (laughs) buy that for yourself and play with it for one second, but it'll feel so it, that nostalgia will be so fun for a brief moment. 
when you receive it. <laughs> I'll tell you, when I was a kid, uh, someone gave me one of those uh, Victorian sailor suits with a giant lolly. <laughs> Did not appreciate it. But as an adult, I think that would be a great... You were like, that'd be fun yes. for a party. I'll have a built-in... <laughs> Can I ask you... curls. What was your favorite childhood holiday gift? Is there one that sticks out of that you remember the most? Oh, my gosh. I think... The, it's funny. So there's the thing. I, cause you know, Danny, you and I, we have a lot of the same cultural touchstones. Everything you post speaks to my heart. I'm like over here DMing you and sync. I said, did you see JC in this outfit? And like, <laughs> so, so a lot of the things, right? So the toys and stuff that you're talking about, I'm like, yes, like I like all those things, but being a only child and a city kid, you know, my biggest struggle was everything needed two to four players. So I have all these things and I said, who will I play with? Mm-hmm. But my thing I loved was a super soaker. Uh, I had a super soaker. I don't know where I'm going. I'm just shooting it around in the park. You know what I mean? Like there was no like, I was obsessed. I said, it doesn't get any better than this. What holiday did you get a super soaker for? I mean, it would have been, I was using it in the summer, but I could have gotten it that previous Christmas to hold Uh on to. Yeah. Remember they I had the know why you're unpacking yeah. this. I don't know. He's I got Ultra Magnus. Speaking of Transformers, I got Ultra Magnus for probably a Hanukkah. Maybe a Pesach, I don't know. You know, you get a toy if you find the Afikoman. Oh. I, so I, I'm not exactly sure when I got it. But Ultra Magnus was great because it was basically just Optimus Prime with a bunch of other... They took the Optimus Prime toy and just put some plastic around it to make it this other Transformer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you could take out the Optimus Prime. You could take out the, the thing that was Optimus Prime and use it to play the return of Optimus Prime. Optimus Prime killed famously <laughs> wow. in Transformers the movie, but then returned later in a two-part episode where the entire universe was infected with the hate virus that turned them oh glowing my. red. However, however Optimus oh Prime Lord. was sprayed with this white coating that made him invulnerable to the hate virus. Now, that part of Ultra Magnus... That was Optimus Prime was white. So you could play that part and you could have the normal Optimus Prime. You guys are not getting this. The normal Optimus Prime. I will. I just have to hop in here. I have to hop in and say I just completely fell in love with you just (laughs) with that monologue about the Transformers because I just love when somebody there's a passion there that really I found very attractive. And I'm sorry, Naomi, to be putting that on the two of you right now trying to steal your man, but I'm very attracted to you right now. You know what? Because for me, (laughs) it was opposite. So it's like, perfect. It really shows. (laughs) Yes. That's, that proves the, the law of physics, that attraction can neither be created nor destroyed, (laughs) you know, only transferred from one person. I was so on board. I I don't really know much about the transformers other than the, the newer movies. And I was fully on board and thinking I'm in, I'm, well, gonna go know, watch what stuck, that. What stuck me? I said, "Wait a minute! He turned white, and he was immune to hate. That doesn't check out." <laughs> and then I was just too busy drilling down on that. But then I said, "Let's not get, let's not get into it." Okay, on that we should take a break, and when we get back, we're gonna answer some more advice questions. Okay, as we've already discussed, gift giving can stress me out because I want to get the people I love something they'll love. I don't want it to collect dust or sit in a closet. And I want to do more than just grab a gift card because I'm grown. Well, thank you to Nordstrom because they're a one-stop shop for all the gifts and get-togethers. And they understand the importance of a range of price points, y'all, so you don't have to break the bank to show some love. They have something for everyone. I'm talking parents, nephews, office frenemies, everyone. You can grab a Topshop maxi dress for under 75 bucks, a Zella faux shearling coat for under 100 or ball out for your fancy friends with a Tory Burch clutch or Prada sunglasses. And while you're there, you can get holiday decor for the house, your party outfit, grab a new peacoat, work. And Nordstrom makes it easy with free shipping and returns, free in-store pickup, which you know I love. I'm always trying to avoid the crowds. And you can even book a free appointment with a stylist to help you find looks that fit your budget. Come through, Nordstrom, making it manageable. So if you want to lessen the stress this holiday season, I suggest you make Nordstrom your home for the holidays. With Danny Pellegrino, Danny, people have come uh, to us, have they? They've come to I us. I love that we you have voicemails and questions. I feel so, uh, you're so tech savvy compared to my show. I, I don't know how to do all these tech things. We can teach you all. Oh, yeah, and you'll tell you about the voicemails. Okay. I like the voicemails the best, too, right? Because we get the letters, but I always say when I get a voicemail, it lets me know where you're at emotionally. I can tell sure. when you're worn down. I can tell sure. when you're desperate. 
And so you like to have the mix. Yeah. So we had put out the call to our Patreon. We had put out the call to our listenership. And you guys heeded that call. They heeded the call. They did. You they guys heated. All heeded that yeah. call. Grateful okay, they heeded. First one. Are secondhand upcycled or homemade gifts actually appreciated? I love making nice things for people, but my partner's family seems to value monetary and material value over creative gifts. Should I care? Okay. Danny. So this well, question is uh, secondhand, upcycled, creative. What do we think okay. in terms of value? I love an, a reuse, a regift, or whatever, as long as it's one of those kind of generic things that anybody could like. I am very strongly, when it comes to homemade gifts, I'm very strongly against those those mason jars where it's the baking goods of it's all the stuff to make the chocolate chip cookies, but they're not made. That's just the dry mix. And then you got to mix and people will hand you that fucking mason jar (laughs) with a bow on it. I don't want a gift in general that like I have to do work for like Uh either give me the cookies or give me a gift card to the grocery store. Like I don't want to have a ha- something I have to do, and that's going to be sitting and staring at me yep. in the cupboard, saying, "When are you going to make this?" I don't want that. So if yep. that's the kind of creative gift, then send it back in the mail. I, I feel <laughs> very strongly about those, specifically those mason jar gifts. But in general, anything where I have to put any sort of effort. Or, or I, I think a really terrible gift, this is like a good metric, but if the person has to explain why the gift is good, that's a bad <laughs> gift. Like if you have to explain how you made this thing and it's because you reminded you of this thing and it, you, cause some people can use it for this. It's like, don't give that gift. I don't need an explanation. The person should be able to open it and either like it or hate it. Yeah. Don't, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It shouldn't come with like, you know, at an art exhibit you know how they have that card on the wall that supposedly explains in quotes the gi- the the gift the that, art. Uh, that supposedly explains in quotes the art yeah you don't need that in your gift you don't want a little thing that like of what when i was making this i was thinking of <laughs> you know what is the nature of the divine and yeah. you know it's just like a, a badly made a Christmas ornament or something like that. <laughs> Badly fired in the kiln. <laughs> Badly <laughs> fired. The poor person who's opening it too has to do so much mental gymnastics to try to justify it. And, and you're, the person who's getting the gift is thinking, oh, I gotta, I gotta give the appropriate response and show that I'm, even though in their head they're thinking, I don't know what the fuck this is for. Right, 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 right. You're like, I don't get it, but I can't show it. How do I seem suitably grateful? But I will say with this one, you know, this person is saying, I love making things for people. My partner's family seems to value monetary and material value over creative gifts. Should I care? Now, that's where I say, no, you shouldn't. Because, no. like, here's the thing. If that's what they want, they got it. They got each other's backs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they're going to take care of each other yeah. for the holiday. Whereas I feel like this is what you bring to the table. And to me, you know, as you said, if it's creative and if it's well-made, I mean, we're not talking popsicle sticks. You're not five years old. Yeah, and I genuinely think it can thoughtful. Be nice. And yeah, genuinely, genuinely thought of it. thoughtful. Sure, yeah. that's what we're all saying. But think about this. Think if you're like some like Wall Street financier type, right? And someone hands you like a macaroni art. But it shouldn't thing. be macaroni. That's what we're saying. That this person yeah. isn't giving macaroni. But I'm yeah. saying, but like to the, in their eye, whatever it is, in their eyes, it's just that. And what they really want is a stock buyback for <laughs> their you know terrible business that's you know uh, destroying the earth. I think if someone's if if you have to give a gift to someone who's like a materialist narcissist or something like that, just give it like give them the thing they want. Like they don't care anyway. They're a yeah. uh, they're, they're like a void of need. They don't have emotions in the first place. You're not going to satisfy. You might as well just give them something so that they can't complain about. Well, Cause I just don't want to. If I know that person's in my family, I just don't want to hear them have to like yap their mouths, or mm-hmm. I don't want my partner to have to hear them yap right, their mouths. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Look, you're taking a risk. It's a gamble anytime you give a gift. That's true. It's a gamble every time. You could also do like a little double, right? Like here's a little like something I made for the mantelpiece. And, the, and then here is the candle gift card or the candle had me blanket, <laughs> you know, something like that. So that way you kind of do both, which is both like, hey, this is something that this is what I do, something I enjoy doing. Yeah. And then also here's your traditional, just a little something. And be very cognizant of your own skills. So- you know, 
you know if you're really good at painting, let's say, in which case you probably could gift someone a painting that they would love, even though it's not like a monetary thing, it's like crafted by you. But if you're like just an okay painter or not very good, then you should not give that. Just because mm, yeah. y- you can make something, don't do it. has to be, there has to be a level of quality here. And your yeah, skills yes. have to be good. Otherwise, do not do a homemade thing. My boyfriend, one of our first holidays, he, I brought him home to my, when I brought him home to my family, he made this like game where he had asked me for photos of like holiday photos. And he made this like, I don't remember exactly if it was like a crossword puzzle, but it was this elaborate game that he made of the family memories. Oh my God. And it was a very risky, but he is very good at, he's very crafty. Mm. So it turned out really nice, but I think of that all the time because I'm like, if if he wasn't crafty or if I tried to do create a board yeah. game out of pictures and shit, it would look terrible. Like oh I can't, cra- I couldn't craft it, but he was able to make it look really nice and fancy. And my family still talks about it. They're like, oh, remember when Matt did that thing? Um, so yeah, you have to know your skill set. A friend of ours made an elaborate escape room for another friend. Oh yeah, for that was incredible. It was, it was amazing yeah it was really incredible and how do you feel about so much work into it how do you feel about activity gifts so for she instance giving someone tickets or absolutely yes absolutely yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. i agree because even if because you can give me tickets it should be like relatively in the wheelhouse of what i like but it doesn't have to be a specific thing right like i just want to see a show and also if i didn't pay for it i'll roll the dice like i'm totally like oh yeah i'll go mm. see that whenever there's yeah. nothing I love more. Because I don't, you know, we don't have a lot of space in the apartment. So mm-hmm. I want, so it's, I'd much rather that than something I don't know where to put. You know what I mean? Like Also, we're adults. We can buy most of the stuff that we want anyway. I'll say this. You want to plant a tree in my honor? You want to save a dog or a cat in my honor? I would love that. Wow. That's I, disagree nice. with, I disagree with you, though. <laughs> don't want anything in my name unless I own it. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's something I can have in you my You want to put a house in my name? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. A, a deed? Great. Nuh-uh. 50 uh, bucks for the star? Wang Foundation? Where no. we adopted our, our dear Mabel from? No, I love that. Go ahead. Uh, I know. Not I you, know. Naomi. I want real gifts from you. I know. Your fa- your fa- I think your family's love language is like, we have donated in your honor. Like that's, that's great. I wanna, wait, like, we don't know. Are you, who, how are you? How, where do you two stand on gift giving? Are you good at gift giving? And I want, I'm I great. want the opposite to answer for each other. Oh, okay. She is, is okay. So is Naomi a good gift giver? Mediocre at giving <laughs> gifts. Except you've gotten a couple good gifts over the years. Yeah, the that's guitar, true. The when, chair. But you knew, but like you just went onto like you like went into my wish list and found. These no, the things. guitar and the chair were not wish list. You yes. talked about wanting them. Uh-huh. And the chair I picked out because you were like, oh, we were at someone's house and you were like, I love that. We need a side chair. And then I said, ta-da. So, yes, there there are uh, have been a handful of very incredible gifts. But that's over the course of 13 years. <laughs> so this is my messy Bravo side trying to uh, <laughs> drive a wedge in your marriage on oh, yeah. air. You never will. You never will. We're in couples yeah. thing. We I all, could sense we it. Talk, it was, we talk this stuff yeah. out. Your plans are dashed on the rocks of love. Okay, buddy? Wow. Yes. The rocks well, we'll have to love. go to bravotv.com for more information. But for now... Um, <laughs> Yeah. And Andy is Andy is a good gift giver. You not know? at first. Well, actually, I it was thoughtful. It was just not the I didn't know you well enough. But I think and uh, famously I got her a comic book that she does not like comic books. But it was it wasn't on just topic. a singular comic book. It was a compendium. It was a compa- so it was a fifty issue issue compendium of The Walking Dead because she loves zombies. So I knew and that was like And we did that watch was like the Walking six Dead. months in. I understand why I understand the th- but I was like literally like Danny, I say I was like I don't understand comics. I don't know what order to read the bubbles in. And then he literally said, What order like? to read the bubbles in? <laughs> then he That's literally so said, Would you like 50 issues? <laughs> and it was also so large and heavy. Yeah, basically, so, like, here's 10 pounds of paper to do something with. <laughs> so, like, Na- what did you, Naomi, when you first opened it, did you say what you, did you voice that opinion or did you just say thank you? Well, it was, it was a, it was, like it, I was so Oh my obvious. god, I have the I have the she's chills just so even thinking good. about it. This is the thing. She's so good at faking it in front of like white people, in front of like <laughs> executives and and all this other kind of stuff. And then in front of me, it like it's like you wanted me to know. 
Like you didn't. It you, was no because it was. I was because the thing. My not being able to fake it is because I wasn't anticipating having to do so. You see what I'm saying? Like I, when he's teasing me, like, "Oh, you're so good at faking it." But it's like I know, you know, when you're like, "I'm putting my best foot forward in this situation. I'm going to be around people where." I, whereas I just thought I was about to open up something fun. And so there wasn't, you know, the the speed with which I had to react didn't give me time to craft a performance. Also, I'd argue that it's important to nip it in the bud because I don't know if you've ever been uh, in a situation where maybe when you're a kid, I remember telling uh, my grandma, like, I liked her pumpkin pie once. And then it was like I always had to eat her pumpkin pie and I stopped liking it at a certain point. Mm -hmm. But then even once I said, I don't like it it, too much time, it it had been a thing then for too long. So it's like, if you nip it in the bud right away, you won't, she won't be getting comic books again. Yep. Yep. Whereas if she would have just put on the face, then maybe every gift you gave her would have been comic related and she would have been, oh, fuck. Another 10 pounds of uh, comic. (laughs) And how many comics have you received in the last 13 years? Zero. Zero. Big old So she did a good job then. She did a good job of letting you know this is not what I want. And why did you buy this? But I will say, you know, Andy is a person in general. Not everyone is right. He is open to, he can take that kind Mm. of feedback because certainly it doesn't feel great in the moment because my birthday is December. So that also adds a whole layer to the holidays of it all. But we have been together about six months. Right. So it's like we're together. So it's like, but at the same time, it's still like the first time where, you know, he's giving me a gift, right? So, because like six months is a decent amount of time, but then at the same time, you're still like, oh, what is the thing mm-hmm. this person is into? You know, so it was still, it was a roll of the dice, even yeah. six months. And ago. it also shows that he was trying, and that's great. And Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. And taking chances. Thank you for seeing me. Thank yeah, you. you might have realized that it wasn't the right chance to take, but at least you took that chance and tried the comic book at first, and you learned. Danny, do you have time for one more quick one? Yeah, please. By the way, by the way, everyone, Doug Craner. Oh, my Lord. Doug Craner is the production designer <gasps> for the Miracle at 34th <sighs> Street remake. Okay, so, okay, he was probably in charge. I don't know if there's lighting, but Doug Craner, production designer, okay? okay. This comes to us from- A genius, brilliant <laughs> genius. Go, please, everyone watch. Just pay attention to only the lighting on that movie. Like, you don't even, who cares about the plot or whatever? Santa's real and it's great lighting. <laughs> like Elizabeth Perkins is lit for the gods in that movie. Like her hair is glistening. The hair in the back is glistening. Like they don't do that anymore. You watch these movies and TV shows now, and I swear it's just nobody, they're just running quickly through these scenes. And back then, it's, I feel like they had to make sure every strand on her hair was lit to the gods. I know this podcast is not supposed to be about elizabeth perkins but I, but i do think she's an underrated actor and so i just had to get that Danny off my pushes chest an agenda he shows up here we're talking holidays and gifts he immediately says what are your procedurals uh-huh. make sure that we know about Grey's anatomy uh-huh. then immediately says elizabeth perkins 47 times look it's important to do uh advance the what you can when you're in front of a microphone you know you have to have causes and have passion about pushing certain agendas and so that's what i'm here to do yeah, Elizabeth Danny, Perkins put her in some new stuff and let's see her. Danny's I know she's active. working all the time, but like, let's get her in a starring role in something. Yeah. yeah we need to put her in a role. Marvel movie. Let's get her to be a superhero. <laughs> yeah. Avenger. Why can't she be the new Iron Man? <laughs> Make her the Avenger. Yes. Yeah, she should be the new Iron Man. Honestly, this comes to us from sorry. Sarah. She, her, since you are both going to talk about the holidays and you are both brilliant communicators, thank you very okay, much. Thank you so much, I would Sarah. love to hear your best responses to typical family bullshit comments that could still <laughs> keep the peace and personal dignity intact. How to best respond to comments about weight or anything ignorant in general about politics, race, or identity. I'm sure many of us could use some gems that can set boundaries and make people shut up without further fanning any emotional fires. <laughs> I feel, I will just say this. I feel like, uh, you know, a one-liner to shut someone up probably will not also pacify them. But. Right, 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 right. Because you're trying to shut it down. But now, okay, Danny, this, so this question is sort of like, you know, how do you handle these things? But I was going to ask you. Um, so you're ignoring the question that you want to ask. No, no, because I'm going to do two. I'm going to go two for, because my question is, you know, do you and your boyfriend now do your own holiday things or do you still go home to be with your family or split families? How are you kind of doing all that? Yeah. Kind of a mix of both. I think last year we were just alone on, on Christmas, just the two of us. 
Um, we usually will try it. We don't always do both holidays. So last year, oh, that was right. My parents came here for Thanksgiving and then uh, he, uh, then we stayed here, just the two of us for Christmas. So we kind of try to pick one and, and do it that way. But to answer that question too, yeah. I had just visited my family. We had taken a, a family vacation to Florida and that was a minefield oh. because we all stayed under one roof. And so it uh, was yeah. challenging and everybody is coming at everyone. He has different opinions and stuff. And one of the nights, the very last night there, I did get in a big fight with my oldest brother and I regretted it. So my advice would be to just shut up and, and bite your tongue <laughs> just because it felt, and my brother and I are fine now, but it just in general, I'm like, well, that it didn't solve anything. I didn't change his mind. And I just yeah. ruined my last night. And I, I'm someone who agonizes over things like, way past the fact when other people have let go of it. But so I was spending all these nights being like, I can't believe I got in that fight or why did I say that or whatever. And so I wish I would have just bit my tongue and I would have been so annoyed the whole time, but at least I wouldn't have agonized over it later. Uh, although on the flip side, I think sometimes then you're in the shower and you're thinking, why didn't I say that? Why didn't I argue back? Or you think of these arguments when you're driving that would have been perfect rebuttals. <laughs> yeah. I, so, I don't know. The French call it staircase moment. Oh, do they? Wait, why? No, wait, they say it in French. I forgot. What the actual... <laughs> French? Because what you're like climbing the stairs and you're like ah. I think I believe it's the like the moment like you wish you, like you pause on a staircase. I really stepped into it. I it's... I knew the phrase and I have nothing else to give you. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm phrase. gonna I'm gonna answer for you. We're gonna say it's because of Home Alone. Remember when he's going up the stairwell to the attic and he says those really mean things to. Catherine O'Hara. And that's so maybe true. that's why it's the staircase thing. And she doesn't clap back. Yes. <laughs> she should have. She should have to her young child. And it's so funny because I'm, of course, thinking about the true crime series, The Staircase, which is one of the woman <laughs> she fell in her head. I go, is that it? The moment you were like, an owl got her. Um, but I avoid my family. I, I <laughs> Not my not my parents. That's not, probably the smart my, thing to do. Not my sister. I mean, uh, I'm saying that like people who I know are will say shitty things. I just started avoiding them. Yeah. I don't know what it was. There was maybe uh, around 2016 or so. I don't, yeah, know, I don't what know what happened. happened. I don't know. I'm not sure what that, yeah. what, what that year that portented yeah. or whatever, but it just made me uh, not feel like being around certain people anymore. And so I stopped and yeah. my life is 1 million percent better. Yeah. I think you're right. But I think, you know, for those of us who can't just easily detach in that way, you know, something I'm trying to do and it's tricky because my mom is not a person who will let it go. If she trying to mm. tell you something, you can try to pivot all you want. She's going to get it out. You do not silence her. She made you. So you do yeah. not silence her. So that's different. But sometimes like when someone's like kind of trying to start a fight or try to antagonize. Okay. Yes, antagonize. So if so, okay, so if it is one of these like the critical your 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 weight or how you look or whatever. I love you. I'm a go now. That, like saying that literally like I love you and go leaving like I'm gonna go to the kitchen I'm gonna go to what like just like we're pivoting I'm off of this That's because great. a big part of it is because like we all know especially if we've had any therapy that when people when your your loved ones are coming at you like that it's like that's their way of showing they care and if you just kind of underscore that and be like I love you when I see you and, killing, just, and, like, and there's nothing better than killing with kindness I think. It's, it's so. really, I think it jabs the person even harder because they know you're kind of doing it, you know? So if yes. you're giving that smile and you're like, like, oh, if that's what you think, that sounds great. You know, exactly. like that, yeah. that's almost nastier than just calling someone an asshole. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. you think that way? Oh, that's interesting. By the way, I love how it says we're both brilliant communicators and my advice was avoid them. <laughs> Don't go near them. And and then my other one too, and again, you're trying to keep it, let, let's say this is not someone you interact with very much, right? The uncle, the cousin, the people who you're just seeing this time. So it's really not necessarily worth getting into. And this is, you know, they're bringing up something political, something kind of hateful. You know, you, you go, you know what? I'm about letting people live and I'm loving this season. So I'm not getting into this with you right now. Oh, that's not yeah. going to pacify anyone. It's not necessarily <laughs> going to pacify, but literally what I'm trying to do is like my suggestions or what I'm doing in these instances is like, you're going to think how you think, but when I'm around, don't bring it to me. You see yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, go talk to auntie. Go talk to grandma who can't hear you. You want to do that? I'm not the person for this conversation. And in general, I think we all have to just like 
don't, I don't know. Don't feel like obligated to have to talk to all these people that you hate. <laughs> just, yes. Or just like, like we're not I, gonna, I'm not humoring you. I'm not humoring you. Yeah. Because if I don't I'm want at you a, to be uncomfortable. A work holiday party with someone, a friend's boss who's an asshole or, or some, my, my boss who's an asshole or whoever it is, I'm going to just steer clear of them and like go to the buffet table. And like, I don't even want to have any conversation with the person, at least if I know for sure that they're, we're going to have like a butting of the heads or whatever. It's like, I'm just going to go get my appetizer over there. And like, (laughs) I'll talk to some other people. Some of those, sometimes I think, especially around the holidays, it's like, we're all put in these positions with people that maybe we don't always get along with or, or, connect with. And so I don't know, the holidays are stressful enough. Like I don't want to be having just these big arguments with someone I hate because we're in the same party. And I know that it's just going to be in a fight. I'd rather just ignore that person. Well, totally. But then don't you also feel like there's certain people too, where like what, for instance, where it would be fine, but then like, they're the ones who will pivot the conversation. Yeah. They bait you. Sure. Where I'm just like, you were waiting for everybody uh-huh. to get together so you could have a moment. Wanting to fight. Cause these people <laughs> yeah. have like, because of their hateful, beliefs have isolated themselves and this is the one time a year where their family has to tolerate them or so they, they get yeah. to they get to spew their hateful shit everywhere and but then you all have to clean it up but and all you have to do is and that's what i mean like get away from them like if what they want is to yeah. be like i'm gonna own a lib or whatever the phrase is like i'm going over there bye now you ain't got if, nobody yeah. to yell at i don't know speaking of home alone why don't you just set some traps for them and then yeah obviously that's the answer is so paint cans on a rope that we can swing in their face (laughs) as a gay man i notice people will try to bait like um you know lgbtq issues or something so it's like they're trying to talk about uh trans rights or something and it's like they keep trying to bring it up to like give you their opinion and you have to debate in your own head is like, is it worth it to argue? Like, could I change their mind or is this something that we could have a constructive conversation? In which case maybe it is worth it to have a conversation with them. But some people, you know, you're, there's not going to be any changing and it's just going to leave you infuriated, ruin your day, week, month, year. Those people, I think it's like, I just, I can't even, I can't do it. I don't have the strength. Maybe other people have the strength to sit in patience right. and have those conversations. And I simply sometimes do not when it's a, a relative who, I, you know, their history of what they think and say and stuff. And you're just thinking like, Oh, I had a cousin who recently I had seen and he was just trying to like bait me with, with those trans issues that are in, that are happening right now and wanted to pick a fight with me. And I just thought like, I, before we're even knowing what the conversation fully is about, you're like trying to fight with me. And it's yeah. like, I, if we're, you're coming into the conversation with that energy, then I'm not sure I'm going to have the patience to be able to talk to you. Well, I agree. And I also, but I also think to the other side of it too, is even if when you say like, could there be a constructive conversation here? There's also the fact that like, I came to party. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> like if I'm out, if I'm out and I've come, I didn't come here to engage in this right. kind of, you know, um, Culture wars, a a constructive dialogue. I want to get drunk and listen to Mariah Carey. Yeah, like I didn't. And so, because you know, as you said, being a gay person, being a black person, being a black woman, people are like, "Well, I know what you think, so I'm gonna come and tell you what I think." I Mm -hmm. didn't come here for that conversation. Go somewhere else. Go talk to someone else. You don't want to argue about whether slavery was good or bad. Exactly. At a Christmas party, you know, and it's just like, no, 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 no. Here's something though that I've seen online when you have to deal with kind of hateful people when they spew their garbage, ask them, well, why do you believe that? And see how they respond. I don't know. Do you, <laughs> you just, no, no, no. You're just opening up a whole damn. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's like, I wonder if you can like Socrates, nope. if you can get a little Socratic Alenkis in there and get I, look, them to I, like I, refute themselves. The last thing I'll say about this part is just that it's important around the holidays to protect yourself because it's already so stressful and exhausted and all of the things by the end of the year. So maybe keep those conversations for everything before November, because (laughs) when November hits, it's like, I'm already kind of getting a little crazed. We're got a hundred work parties to go to a hundred. I don't know. We're living on sugar like cookies. <laughs> and so uh, I think um, more than any other time of year, it's like, I don't have time for those kinds of fights because I'm already at a, I'm already at a high anxiety level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. According to Google, 
Oh. Christina J. Martin was the lighting designer. Not to Ugh. like, not to pull us out at the very end, but according to Google, I don't know how true that is. I I don't have time. I can't talk, <laughs> and also then I can only like kind of slightly Google Christina J. Martin, lighting designer, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street reboot. Danny, Danny. The, the arc of this podcast that is per- <laughs> this. I, I'm ready to submit this for some sort of Emmy or I don't know what. But the arc of that people tuning in. Getting all that information at the top, but not knowing the facts, and then to end it with the fact is, come on. That's what we do here. That's what we do here. That's, that's, that's what you do exactly here. What that's we the do gift here. we give. This that's is why people are tuning into this podcast can. and why they should be sharing it with friends, because no other podcasts are going to get that kind of arc. <laughs> if you listen to my podcast, it'll just end, and it'll be me <laughs> saying, I don't know who that was, and then it just ends. <laughs> We're natural storytellers. We're natural storytellers. <laughs> Don't you all? Can't you always feel when you're recording? You could almost like feel the listeners yelling at the screen or yes. at the, yes. when you don't know something. It's like I always I can tell like I'm I'm just thinking people are yelling at their radio because I, I don't know the person's name or I'm forgetting something. And it is what it is. Part of that comes with it. But well, no, it's part of it. But I also and I also I go, don't tell me. I don't want 20 messages from you telling me <laughs> I'm I where I am. And this is where I choose to be. <laughs> I know. Sometimes I'll notice when I'm editing a podcast, like the one time I had said, uh, col- I kept saying colonoscopy instead of colonics. And, <laughs> and as I was editing it, I was thinking, oh man, like I know I'm going to get a bunch of messages of people saying like, how dare you not know that? <laughs> and I did know that, but I just, you're talking a bunch and you're not really paying attention. Sometimes you say something wrong, or you say name wrong and, and it's like, you're just thinking, I'm going to get a bunch of messages from people and you just have to kind of take them. And every single one is like, you know, I, I didn't want to have to tell you this, but and it's like, well, <laughs> maybe just let it slide. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the point is with your podcast right now, they're not going to have to let anything slide because you gave them the answer. We gave them the answers. Gave we them gave them the answers. answers. We gave many answers. Danny. Danny, thank Danny. you so much. I love much. you both. Thank you for having me. You thank you. Happy holidays to everybody. Happy. And please buy my book. I hate to beg, but it's called The Jolliest Bunch. We need to sell that thing. <laughs> we got to sell have to, it. Uh, yeah. And it's hilarious. I'm telling you, it is so thank funny. You. It was giving me David Sedaris vibes. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Compliment. And it's wonderful. So pick that up, honey. Tis the thank season. You. Thank you. I love you both. Thank you. Who child. Thank you to Danny for bringing his iconic self to this episode of Couples Therapy Podcast and helping get us in the holiday spirit. And listeners, we hope you enjoyed this special episode brought to you by Nordstrom and ACAST Creative. Remember, Nordstrom is your home for the holidays where you can find gifts for everyone you love all in one place. Check out more at Nordstrom in-store and online at Nordstrom.com. Stop.